0: The title of the sermon today is A New Thing, A New Thing, and the text is from Acts chapter 2 that you've already heard read. In case you haven't figured it out by now, today is Pentecost Sunday, and for those of us who are followers of Jesus, those of us who profess to be Christians, this is the birthday of the church. Here's sort of how the story goes. You might remember that after Jesus was crucified and then raised from the dead, but before Jesus ascended into heaven, he called his closest followers, his disciples together, and he told them to remain in Jerusalem for God to come and give them a word. He reminded them of what John the Baptist had done. He baptized with water. But Jesus told his closest followers that uh, the Holy Spirit will baptize you. And so they waited. In fact, we're told that they waited in an upper room, which may be a phrase that sounds quite familiar to you. The upper room is what was described as being the place where Jesus met with his disciples for their final Passover celebration before he was crucified. Maybe this was that same upper room. The upper room is also what was said about the place where the disciples ran to after Jesus had been crucified. They locked themselves in this room because they were afraid that what had just happened to Jesus might also happen to them. Maybe this was that same upper room. The upper room was also the place or what was described when Jesus made his first post-resurrection appearance to the disciples. They were locked in that room for fear of the Jews and Jesus made his way into the room where he began to speak to them and allow them to see and to touch the wounds in his hands and in his feet and in his side. Maybe this was that same upper room. Where well, they're gathered together in this upper room, and we're told that the Holy Spirit comes into that place with wind and with fire and as like tongues. Now, the Holy Spirit had made appearances before. The Holy Spirit itself was not anything new. The Holy Spirit is an eternal part of who God is and has always been a part of people of faith. And yet what the Holy Spirit did on this day was different. It was a new thing. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. This Holy Spirit came in such power and in such glory that every one of those followers in that upper room we taken away, taken aback by the experience. It wasn't like an Oprah Winfrey, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car kind of a thing. It was one spirit, not you do. You get a spirit, you get a spirit, you get a spirit. No, it was one spirit, one spirit descending upon all of those people gathered in that upper room it so gripped them and grabbed them and motivated them that they poured out into the streets from that upper room and were told that some interesting things began to happen. The people that had been empowered and gifted with this Holy Spirit began to speak in languages that they'd never spoken before. And why was this so important on this particular day? Well, I've already told you that Pentecost for the Christian is the birthday of the church, but for a faithful Jew, Pentecost was a day to celebrate God giving the Ten Commandments, the law, to Moses on Mount Sinai. Uh, The the Pentecost was also the day where they would celebrate the early summer harvest, the, the bounty that was already coming in from the fields. And Pentecost was a day, one of three great festivals in the Jewish faith that if you could make it back to Jerusalem to observe this festival, uh, it was good for you to do so. Now, you had Jews who were coming from all over the then known world. And when they came to Jerusalem, they expected really only two languages to be spoken, Aramaic and Greek. They did not expect to hear the language from the places where they were coming from there in the holy city of Jerusalem. But on this day, as the Holy Spirit indwelled these people that had been in the upper room, they began to speak in the languages uh, of the Jewish people who'd gathered for Pentecost. And where they had come from. And so it was truly an amazing thing. And the crowd started gathering. And they began to hear their own native languages being spoken. And, and it was such a, a mighty and amazing thing that many took notice. And yet there were others who thought that this was foolishness. And they began to mock the people. In whom the Holy Spirit dwelled. And they began to accuse those people. Of being drunk. Well it's at this point in the story. That Peter speaks. The same Peter who was so afraid to speak. As Jesus had been arrested. And he denied Jesus three separate times. The same Peter that hid himself in the darkness while Jesus was being uh, accused and, and interrogated, this same Peter now under the power of the Holy Spirit begins to speak. And he says that Jesus is, in fact, the Lord, that Jesus is, the, in fact, the Messiah. And he encourages everyone within the sound of his voice to repent and to believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, Messiah and Lord and be baptized. It's such an amazing thing that Peter, who was so frightened just days before, some 50 days before, is now speaking so boldly and courageously. And even more surprising is that people are listening and responding positively and favorably to what Peter is saying. And Acts tells us that some 3,000 people responded. These Jews from all over the then known world were hearing Peter testify that Jesus is the Messiah for whom they had been waiting. And they responded. Pentecost changed Peter. This Holy Spirit doing a new thing in Peter's life resulted in 3,000 people responding. But that was just the beginning in chapter three. If you keep reading beyond our scripture lesson today, you find that Peter and John have decided that they're going to go and pray. And as they are about to enter into the place to pray, they see a lame beggar on the side of the road and he's asking for money. And Peter looks at the lame beggar and he says, I don't have any gold and I don't have any silver, but I will give you what I can give you, and that is the ability to walk. Get up and walk. And we're told that that lame beggar did get up and that he was able to walk. Not only was he walking, but he was leaping and he was praising God. And wouldn't you know it, when the crowd began to notice this man that they'd seen so often lying outside of the temple courts, now walking and leaping and praising God, they began to gather and they were amazed. And once again, the bold and courage, courageous Peter began to preach, and people were listening, including those who didn't want Peter to preach. And shortly, Peter was arrested. And Peter goes before that same council that had convicted and crucified Jesus. He stood before those same people, the same people that he was afraid to acknowledge that he even knew Jesus before. And he spoke boldly about Jesus and what Jesus had come to do. He wouldn't stop speaking, even though they asked him to stop speaking, even though they told him that he had to stop speaking. He said, I will not stop talking about Jesus. Peter, at this point is not just the rock that Jesus predicted him to be on which the church would be built. Peter is a rock star because more and more and more people are listening to what he has to say and are responding favorably to what he has to have to say. If you keep reading through the book of Acts, you'll find that Peter eventually ends up in Joppa where he's staying with a man called Simon the Tanner, This would have been unusual to begin with because Simon being a tanner and working with the pelts of animals would likely have been considered someone who was unclean. And yet we're told that Peter stayed with Simon the Tanner. And we're told that Peter went to the rooftop of Simon's house to pray. And there he fell into some sort of a trance. And he began to have this vision. And in this vision, there was a big sheet being lifted down from heavens. It was like the edge of the sheet was being held up by hands. And inside that sheet were all sorts of animals that the Torah, the law, the book that Peter had spent his whole life trying to honor and obey would have considered unclean and so he sees all of these unclean animals in this sheep, and he hears a voice a voice that sounds like the voice of God saying get up Peter go kill and eat those animals and Peter is confused. He's he that's not the way he was brought up. That's not the way he was taught. Could God be doing a new thing? Could 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 the rules and the game be changing? Peter was absolutely confused. And at that very moment there was a knock on the door. And turns out that there are some servants there who are requesting Peter go with them back to meet a man named Cornelius. This man, Cornelius, was a Gentile. And this man, Cornelius, had had a vision that he was supposed to send for Peter and have Peter come and speak to him. Now, because this man, Cornelius, was a Gentile, Peter felt the same way about him and had been taught to think about him in the same way he'd been taught to think about unclean animals. He shouldn't have anything to do with Cornelius. He was a Gentile, considered defiled and unclean, and and he was a Jew. And yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter began to realize that That maybe God is doing a new thing. He began to put the two together. And so he, despite what he'd learned about the food and what's clean and unclean, and despite what he'd learned about other people, who's clean and who's unclean, he goes to Cornelius' house and there's a huge crowd there. And once again, Peter begins to preach. And then a second Pentecost happens. Not only had this Holy Spirit come to convict and to convert people of the Jewish faith, but now people who were not Jews, now the Gentiles, began to hear what Peter was saying about Jesus and respond. It all happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit not only gives us the ability to do things that we didn't think we could do on our own, but the Holy Spirit also inspires us to be uh, what God wants us to be. The Holy Spirit not only teaches us new things about what God may be doing, but the Holy Spirit also reminds us of what we have already learned about how God is at work in the world. None of this happens without that Holy Spirit, that gift of God that has been made known to the people of God, which is all people. And so today as we gather as Christian people to celebrate the birth of the church, let's be mindful that that same spirit that gave birth to the church, that same spirit that came to them in that upper room that day, is still available and still comes to us today. And may we believe, And may we look for and may we wait for, as the disciples did, this Holy Spirit to reveal itself to us, doing things that we could not do on our own, inspiring us to be the people that God calls us to be, reminding us of what we already know to be true about God, but teaching us new truths about God. That would be an appropriate way to celebrate this day called Pentecost. Amen.